I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back to a brand new DNF1 F1 podcast. I hope that you're all doing well and thank you as always for being here. It's great to have you along and in this episode we're going to be reacting to a very special livery launch. Now for those of you that were living under a rock just a few days ago, in fact Tuesday this week, McLaren unveiled a special livery launch for the 2024 car and it came out of completely nowhere. None of us were expecting it. We knew McLaren were quite cryptic on their social media feeds. I think their admin had deleted all of their Instagram posts on their original account, which is quite the mammoth task, but it definitely got a lot of people talking. And as a result, we saw why McLaren unveiling their new livery for the 2024 season. Now, of course, we are still expecting McLaren to launch their official car, the MCL 38, on the 14th of February, although in what shape or format that's going to be, I'm not exactly sure. But we have seen roughly what the car is going to look like in terms of the paint job. How the final car will look, we'll just obviously have to wait and see until testing or even the first race itself, as is the way in F1. But to react to this and what this new surprise livery launch is telling us about the good vibes and optimism at McLaren, we've got on the DNF1 panel this evening, Lee Wallington to go through this all with me. Lee, first of all, how are you doing? And what are your original thoughts on McLaren's special livery launch? Firstly, uh, uh, I'm good. Thank you for asking, Adam. I hope you are as well. Um, And yeah, the thoughts, I mean, apart from the initial shock, because I wasn't expecting any Formula 1 reveals till February. Like, whoa, whoa, what's this? Um, it really looks nice. Um, and I was, For my liking, I prefer if there's a bit more papaya orange, but I understand why they've got quite a bit of black or neutral um, carbon fibre, because obviously it's the weight saving. Um, but it, it still looks a very pretty design. I, I agree. I... I love surprises like this. You know, every now and then you sort of go along with what you're doing. You have your normal day, you get home from work and all of a sudden your phone's buzzing. McLaren unveil new livery. Like, oh, what is this? We weren't expecting this for a month, like you said. So this is a very nice surprise. And I've got to say, I I think this looks great. I don't think I'd be um, amiss of saying that this is by far the best livery for 2024 that we've seen so far. Um, And... You know, all jokes aside, it could end up becoming one of the best looking cars on the grid already. I mean, they've got rid of the blue on the car, which I must admit, I'm not a fan of. 
I was never a fan of the, the light blue on the livery, so I'm actually quite glad that they've gotten rid of it. That being said, it is a very stunning looking car. It's, it reminds me, Lee, of the old Arrows cars from the late 90s and early 2000s, that kind of look. And I always really liked that particular car, the livery design on that. I just certainly hope that the McLarens are significantly faster than the Arrows from that era. For anyone that remembers watching Arrows in that period and... Uh, Obviously, they did the best with what they could, but this is a team that is very much on the up, has big ambitions for 2024, and in a way, they may have caught the competition napping with a very early livery launch, and I think it kind of ties into a lot of the good feelings that we've been hearing about McLaren, that this is a team 12 months ago, very much on the back foot, kind of a bit of a a stray as an organisation in terms of its technical structure. Fast forward to this season... And they very much are looking a team that have high hopes and are really on it heading into the 2024 campaign. Oh, yeah. So the the, the excitement coming out of McLaren right now, in just the, the vibes they're giving, obviously, in the socials and obviously in any interviews, um, it's all positive, which is complete contrast to last year. Um, the, the only other team that's probably vibing as much is probably Mercedes, but that's probably a lot more wishful thinking that they've actually got their car sorted. Um, but it's McLaren have just had a good end to last season, probably a very solid winter in the development, and just shows you where they are this winter that they've got their livery out um, early. They're probably in a happy place that there's no um, delays or any issues with their crash tests. They probably had a, a very smooth, plain sailing winter. Is the 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 feeling I get at the moment from McLaren? Well, that's the exact words that Andrea Stella, the uh, the team principal, has been saying when talking about the team's winter. He's been calling it relatively smooth and on plan compared to last year. And again, that's that obviously can be taken as a very very good thing for McLaren fans. So I'm sure have been a little bit hesitant or a little bit trepidatious to get excited about their prospects for 2024. It's very easy to get carried away. And believe me, I know I'm a Ferrari fan. I do this every year. And then, of course, you go out and see the car for the first time and then it becomes massively underwhelming. You just think, oh, better to live in hope and not know than to be miserable and then not enjoy success. Some version of that metaphor, I suppose. But you catch my drift. If you're listening to this, you understand what I'm talking about here and yeah great feelings at McLaren all round and we're going to talk a bit about why this livery launch could be a cusp the cusp of something significant or put McLaren on the precipice of a very good season for 2024 the one thing I would say Lee the one critique I would have for this livery I'm not a fan of the number I don't like the idea I don't like the look of the chrome on the images and the renders that we've seen the chrome numbers I just I can't shake the feeling that in the light for example like someone like Bahrain some of the other races that that number might be quite hard to spot I feel like this is a number color that would look so much better at the night races but for the majority of the season I I just don't think that's going to look very good yeah I mean I do share your feeling on that I don't quite like the chrome in the the rendering but again we saw it we happened last year that some of the car deliveries were oh that's a bit well, that's a bit off. Why they do that for? But actually, seeing it in person or seeing it in the in the the footage and the coverage, and like, actually, that looks really, really good. So it could be one of those instances that it 
the digital rendering doesn't do it justice compared to actually being in the race. Um, maybe it's one of the things that they're going to have different um, number colors for night races or day races. I don't know, but it's the, I wasn't a fan of the Chrome numbering either. Maybe it will look better when we see it in it the flesh. It probably will. We're not. No. <laughs> we're not professionals. They get a lot no, of money I, to design this. <laughs> I mean, look, anyone that's watched our YouTube videos and sees some of the graphics I've put up there will know that I can't talk when it comes to graphic design. I really can't. That being said, I I, I don't know. I, I think a black number or even a carbon fibre type number might be a better way to go for the McLaren. But then again, you know, it may look stunning out in the lights when we watch it in the flesh for the first time. I'm not going to critique it too much. I think I'm nitpicking at this point when I'm saying that because I think it's a stunning looking car and I'm excited to see how it looks on track. I sincerely hope that it's as fast as it is beautiful. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of hammer on a little bit is something that you've talked about that Mercedes are also quite buoyant over the winter period. And I've been seeing a lot of stuff online, people debating over whether we should be taking information that we get from reputable news sources where they're claiming that certain teams have had great have made great strides over the winter period how seriously should we be taking them and you know in addition to that as well where's the legitimacy i suppose in all this because should team should we believe people that come out with these comments do we think people are actually talking about uh, what progress is being made on cars that they're working on i mean what are your thoughts Personally, my thoughts with these rumours of the car development in the winters are just rumours. They're wishful thinking. The teams only know how well they've done themselves. They don't know what the competition's done. And I'm going to call you back to the the rule change where we went into these new ground effect rules and the rumours coming out of Mercedes that they've come up with an amazing concept. It's going to be a second, two seconds left faster than the competition. It's amazing. No one can touch it. Hits the track, bam! It's a pile of rubbish, and we know uh, we we know this, the rest of the story. So these rumours through the winter, it's doesn't mean anything until we get to testing and we can actually see how the car performs, how reliable, what the mileage. It's just yeah, the just completely ignore these comments and how great these winters are um, are being. We it's just meaningless chat in my opinion. Here's the thing, and. Whilst I understand that, and I do always urge on the side of caution, and I know, again, being a Ferrari fan, we always fall for this every single season. Don't give me hope. I'm hoping. I'm then expecting. Now I'm disappointed. Usually that kind of, that's the cycle. That's the route from one end to the other every year. And we always hear these stories. I always hear stories about such and such team have, have done this over the winter or such and such team are struggling. Although to be fair, when teams say that they're struggling, they're usually on the money. Um, and that's more, <laughs> that's something that I would worry about. If a team admits that they're struggling, they usually, it usually means that they are. McLaren were very vocal about that last season. They brought out what was their 2023 car with all the bits and bobs. They said it was going to be absolute garbage. It was absolute garbage, um, but they were able to turn it around. And, um, you know, they were honest, but that was probably the only redeeming quality about that uh, that launch is the fact that they're at least honest about where they were. Um, but I was listening to the Races F1 podcast and they were talking about this. And I think the, the journalist Scott Mitchell Malm, who had a very interesting opinion on this, and I kind of agree with this, and that he was saying that 
when you see these stories, I don't necessarily think that everyone's forced to sign an NDA that they can't talk to such and such person. I do feel that there is an air of secrecy that is, you know, required. And that team probably say to their staff, look, don't talk about this to journalists and stuff like that. But I'm very certain or very confident, like Scott was saying on the podcast, that there are there are always going to be people that will talk about their cars, not necessarily to journalists, but people they have good relationships with or colleagues or other people that work for other teams that they're friends with and build relationships like that. And they may not go into details, but you always get a sense or a vibe from some of these teams about where they feel they are compared to the competition or who they think is going to have a good winter. I mean, for example, last season, Ferrari around January, I believe it was, were very confident that Aston Martin were making a big step forward. As and behold, when we got to F1 testing, we saw that a bit more. And in the first race, they were easily best of the rest behind Max Verstappen and Red Bull. And and that continued for the first third of the season, almost. So I do feel there is, I don't want to say there's legitimacy in every single rumour that you hear, but I do feel that when you see some of these stories, I don't think it just comes completely out of nowhere except for when, even a Ferrari story is all jokes aside, because Ferrari genuinely believe that things are good. Um, They would never admit that things are bad because they'd get absolutely crucified in the Italian press for it. But, you know, that being said, I don't think we should look at every single rumour and say, you know, it's absolute rubbish. We shouldn't pay attention to that. They're overestimating their chances of success. And, you know, we start to see who's quick and who isn't when we come to test it in the first race. But, um it's a curious one. I think that's the right way of putting it. Not Don't believe everything you see, but don't suspect that it's just come out of thin air or some, you know, questionable news source has just pulled this one out of thin air and said, oh, let's talk about this today and start that rumour. And then everyone starts to believe it's true and all that nonsense. Um, like the FAA investigation. <laughs> yeah, you just literally <laughs> just aim a dart at, and see wherever it lands and uh, yeah, go with that one. Um, but no, no, you are, you are right, as I said. But at McLaren, everyone seems quite buoyant. Everything seems to be going relatively well. It's much smoother than it was. And I think for the first time, Lee, in the manner in which they've gone about this special livery launch, it tells me they've got something that is very much worth hiding right now. And that, and that is going to add to the excitement for McLaren fans listening to this or reading the stories, trying to think, can we build on the momentum we built up in 2023? Perhaps for the first time, McLaren may have something that could put them in the picture to be a challenge, at least, to Red Bull. Yeah, they're, they're hiding their blue shell um, compartment. Yeah, <laughs> Quite Kart, literally, uh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Kart reference. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, there's obviously a, a lot of excitement. Um, some, some people reading into the livery about how it... Obviously, it's the 23 car but how it's hiding some of the suspension works because obviously there's a lot of McLaren highlight, highlighted one of their weaknesses last year was their suspension layout. So it's like, oh, they're going to be hiding their suspension and they're making it look to distract the attention when they reveal their car in February. And um, obviously we'll wait and see on that. But yeah, the it does feel that they've got some juicy development on their car for this season. Obviously they've got all their new tech gurus are now all, employed and working for McLaren obviously that's not going to be immediate effect um but that's going to be throughout the season 
Um, and the commercial, they've had a very strong commercial winter, not just in revenue, but in their sponsors, new sponsors that they've gained. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Absolutely. Yeah, the, you know, the new sponsors. This is, this is a team that has always required that capital investment into them. And I know there is more that has been coming in recent times, but it's always been a team that has struggled financially over the last few years. And they're finally in a position now where they are starting to make gains in that department, which is an absolutely massive win for McLaren. I think in a way they have kind of pioneered this resurgence of uh, the commercial side of things when it comes to Formula One. I think Red Bull obviously as well have been, you know, brilliant, but it's Red Bull. They're brilliant at everything at the moment. But for McLaren, this has been a significant uh, contributor to their rise up the F1 pecking order. And it's no surprise. I think Zach Brown has done a brilliant job of being able to maximise that. It's uh, something perhaps teams kind of not neglected, but probably didn't capitalise on as much, you know, pardon the pun there. But Zach Brown has really been able to turn that around at McLaren. And I think we're seeing the results of all that hard work and effort, which, of course, in tandem comes with improving results on the track. Because let's be honest, if you're a sponsor, you want your sponsor going on a fast Formula One car. You don't want to be on the car that's at the back of the grid. I mean, Haas last season probably wouldn't have minded that because of the attention Gunther Steiner was bringing to the team. But now that he's gone it may not be so lucrative to have your name on a Haas car, for example, but on a McLaren car, that's a different story altogether. Um, in terms of the in terms of the launch on the 14th of February, I'm not sure what to expect now because we've seen the livery and I imagine McLaren, like other teams, are going to be quite coy about some of the new aero details on the car and a lot of aero work has gone on this new car from what I've heard and, I, and that's been a huge focus for them in 2024. So... I'm not sure what that's going to entail. I heard there's a shakedown for them on the day, which is on the same day as the Mercedes one. So that should be quite interesting to see the both of them and, and compare them to each other. But I don't know what they're going to do in terms of a launch. I'd be surprised if they produce something like what they did last year, where they've got loads of people there. They had a couple of social media influencers there as well and all the excitement only to go on stage and tell everyone the car's crap, basically. So I'm not sure if they're going to do that this year. Well, I would be disappointed if they go on stage and say their car is 
pile of rubbish that would be uh <laughs> i mean if they end up with compared to red bull then fair enough but that yeah. still doesn't give us a metric of where they are compared to the others yeah the i mean i really liked the ferrari launch last year and obviously i really hope ferrari do something similar this year but yeah i don't think mclaren will do a similar launch to last year i think they'll try and be as unique as mclaren have been recently under zach brown um and obviously, I want to keep as much of their car hidden as possible. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get some uh, on, maybe not some on-track footage, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see some camera angles that give the only view that McLaren want you to see of their car and really limiting those uh, secretive areas um, that they want to obviously hide. And obviously, the floor is going to be one of them, but they're not going to. Sh- no team shows that on the no. car launch. <laughs> We're going to have to wait until the Monaco Grand Prix and either Norris or Piastri bin it in the wall so that the crane can come and pick the car up like it did with Sergio Perez so that we can get a good look at the underfloor at that McLaren and all the photographers will be out in full force, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen to get one of their mates on their balconies local to the track and just try and get some nice pictures as well from there for the team as well. Um, it's a terrible joke. Anyway... Um, <laughs> try to be funny but you just can't manage it when you're trying to be natural on here anyway um looking at the looking at the team structure we talked about that as well obviously mclaren now with the new simulator and the new wind tunnel at the factory now online since september in 2023 the car has been able to be developed using those facilities and that infrastructure now so it's got all the most reliable accurate data it can get in terms of improving performance they've had you know, some great work going on there. The new recruits, we mentioned already, Peter Padromo obviously worked with McLaren before during the Nuri era in the late 90s and early 2000s. He's now heading up McLaren's in-season era development. And obviously that's been proven to have been a miraculous success so far. So Peter is definitely looking like the right person to be in that role for 2024. David Sanchez, formerly of Ferrari, he was the architect of the 2022 Ferrari concept that initially was the class of the field for half of that season before it started to fall away. He's going to be involved in that team as well. And Rob Marshall, also formerly at Red Bull with his engineering experience. It's a real significant and quality trifecta going on at McLaren there. And from what we've been hearing, Lee, they've all been contributing some very good ideas and feedback already, even though David Sanchez and Rob Marshall have only started in January. Andrea Stella has been waxing lyrical about this new technical structure that's been built at McLaren. And I think what that effectively means, Lee, is that even though they don't have their own Adrian Newey at McLaren, I mean, because you can't clone Adrian Newey, unfortunately, this is kind of the next best thing. This is McLaren's way of trying to get around that by having free people effectively try and do the job that one super genius like Adrian Newey has been able to do so successfully over many teams over many years with the infrastructure as well. I guess what I'm trying to say here, Lee, is that there aren't really any more excuses for McLaren now. This looks to be the right team, the right technical structure, the right infrastructure. The money is good. The car looks fantastic. The driver pairing looks great. There's no reason why McLaren shouldn't be able to produce something that is a significant improvement on what they had last season. Yeah, I would agree. Um, firstly, on the team members, or the new team members of the senior level, I should say, because obviously there may be new team members in other parts of the organisation. But you just look back at Red Bull in the early days where they built the new team with Adrian Newey and Christian Horner um, and Helmut Marko. 
with Mercedes when, when they started to form a championship winning team. Obviously, Toto coming in, the um, get Lewis from McLaren, they obviously uh, uh, Nicky Lauda as well as his non managing role. Um, and uh, I can't really remember who designed the. 2014 car was that was that Allison and James Allison? No, that wasn't. Um, I believe. I believe was he involved in the first one? Well, or was it Norbert Howell? It, I think uh, maybe Norbert. Um, yeah, um, I could be wrong. It might have been James. And then obviously Ross Braun in there as well. The early days as well. So you had those key people that build that, and again that vibe now with McLaren. They've got these really experienced people that have worked with. Um, um, Adrian Newey works in Red Bull who are as you said a bit earlier who, who can't do no wrong at the moment Ferrari when they've done a good design they've got that coming in and it's just they're building a key team not implied with James Key obviously but they're building a, a key team and and it's just that vital good feeling and it, and they've now got the wind tunnel they don't lose any time going back and through parts because right from the UK to Cologne it's not very far but when you have to ship bit um, testing products or not products, but components over to the wind tunnel, that still takes time, maybe a few hours, but it still takes time. And that means you're a few hours behind your opposition. So all those kinks are now being ironed out and McLaren have nowhere to hide. Obviously in the previous days, it was the Honda and then it was the the wind tunnel and it was, so we don't have the team and, but those are all being resolved and they really want to keep Lando Norris. So they have to deliver or um, they're going to risk of losing their star drivers. Yeah, I mean, we won't talk too much about the driver pairing in this episode. I'm assuming yeah. we could probably save that for when McLaren do their official launch. Zach Brown was very wary when it came to predicting where McLaren would fare against Red Bull. And McLaren in particular have put out a stark warning to the rest of the competition that if they thought Red Bull was good in 2023, it could be a completely different beast in 2024 altogether. And the reason for that was that they were of the opinion that because of the the cost cap sanctions they faced for 2021 Red Bull, they were obviously hampered with their in-season development and, of course, the 2024 development for 20, uh, in 2023. But because of how dominant they were and how much of an advantage they had to the competition, from what we'd been hearing and what they've been saying a lot of parts that could have gone on the 2023 Red Bull car that didn't will end up going on the 2024 car. And there is so much development opportunity there for Red Bull, according to McLaren, of course. And that's why Zach Brown was a little bit worried and a little bit wary to try and compare what McLaren are doing to what Red Bull are doing. What, what are your thoughts on that, Lee? It, should we be concerned that if Zach Brown is correct or somewhat correct, that we could see something from Red Bull that could rival what we saw last year or dare I say it, even better it if that's possible. Well you uh, you're talking about the the winter rumors a bit earlier. Um it's like the winter rumors that I've um heard about Red Bull is they think they've gained about a second a lap. Um which if that's true that's a massive amount of time. Um but other teams can make a step forward. You think McLaren just made a step forward last year with their in season update. So there is these golden bullets out there. Um, obviously, Mercedes are rumoured that they've said they've made two seconds a lap, but they've come from a lot further back. But So they may, the gap may close, but I wouldn't be surprised if Red Bull is still the team to beat. I'm not going to say 
Mercedes, Ferrari or McLaren are going to be, oh, they're going to be the best team of the season. Red Bull are going to play catch up. Red Bull are by far going to be still the team to beat. Um, personally, I think they're going to have a bit more of a fight than last season. But Max will win several races uh, and probably win the championship. I'm not doing any of our predictions, but that then they're going to have to, um, other teams are going to have to raise their game to beat Red Bull because they're just superb at the moment. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, for me, I kind of am of the opinion that if Zach Brown believes Red Bull found a second per lap in performance, that everyone else minimum has found a little bit more than that. Because in theory, even if Red Bull were allocated the entirety of their 2023 allocation to 2024 Roni and didn't develop the 2023 car, by that logic alone, everybody should still have had enough time available to them to try and outdevelop Red Bull with the allocation of time they have. Now, of course, people will say, you know, they were developing the 2023 cars, but I think we saw this year a lot that we only saw some minor upgrades come to some of the teams later on in the season. We didn't see some of those huge in-season developments happen much after the British Grand Prix. I think McLaren was probably a notable exception, and then we saw Alpha Tauri in the latter stages, but I think we can all agree that was in conjunction with what they're trying to do with their growing partnership with Red Bull and the rumours that some people think that they're going to come out of an RB19 next season. So we'll just have to wait and see. As I said, I sincerely hope that Red Bull have not made more gains relative to the competition. I would like to see that gap close a little bit just to make it a bit more exciting. But at this point, Lee, McLaren could be absolutely on the money with Red Bull. Um, And uh, if they are, then uh, good luck to everybody else. It's going to be... um, a very good season if you're a Red Bull fan and uh, maybe a bit more difficult for the rest of us or the neutrals, if you like. That being said, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what McLaren can produce. There seems to be a lot of optimism with the team. The car looks great. I just hope she's fast. The drivers are definitely going to be up for it this year. So it's going to be an exciting year for McLaren. I just sincerely hope that they deliver on that one. Any final thoughts before we yeah. sign off? Yeah, I definitely think it'd be an exciting year for McLaren. And uh, going to come back to the about their new sponsors, where they've stolen them from the other big, t- well, considered the big top three. You know, where I see the most notable ones are the stolen Monster from Mercedes and Estrella Galicia from Ferrari, which is was a, a personal sponsor of Carlos Sainz. So these are two big sponsors, and they've left these top two teams. To go to McLaren, so that just shows you the kinds of vibes that these sponsors have got. That they've when to put the money where the 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 feeling is. Obviously, they know a lot more than we do because they're gonna. They want that media attention. They want that TV time. Uh, they want those footage. They want those podiums. So they've abandoned those teams, and it just makes you think. Oh, if they if they're putting where the money putting the money where obviously the thought is or well, not, you know, what, what has McLaren got that they're willing to walk away from a season Ferrari? It's, I mean, they're walking away from a season Ferrari, not um, these aren't walking away from Haas. These are big teams. So it's it does make you think a lot on the sponsorship alone. Absolutely. Although I will say the last thing Lando Norris in particular needs is Monster Energy Drink because that kid's got more bounce than a porpoise in Ferrari. So uh, terrible joke aside, I might put the uh, drum kit in there just for the fun of it. Anyway... 
we've uh, we've waxed on about this long enough, I think. Um, as I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing what McLaren can do next season. The car looks stunning. Hope it's fast, but we'll have to wait and see when testing comes around. But until then, guys, uh, we will be back with another episode on Monday. And in that episode, I am joined by F1 journalist Samuel Coop, the Young Motorsport Journalist of the Year, to talk about Aston Martin and their hopes for 2024. But until then, guys... Thanks for tuning in as always. Please stay safe and we will see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. And remember, as always, if you're not first, you're probably DNF1. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.